From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. It is great to be back with you. Wow, we have spent some time just catching up. It has been, for, for those who don't know, we don't actually record every two weeks. Oh man, I'm oh, blowing, spoiler I'm blowing alert. the, yeah, I'm blowing it. But we get together just because of our trips and, and other times about once every six weeks to eight weeks. And so how have you guys been? Good? Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually, AJ's recovering from yes. back injury. No, but it's do- I'm doing really well. Yesterday Good. I was able to touch my toes. So hey, yeah, that was super exciting. First time in a month or what? In like oh, two no. months. Oh yeah. my goodness! You hurt yourself back in July. So if you're envisioning AJ as a 64 year old man, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, it is good to be back with you. And it's been a little while since we've done kind of a scripture insight or a dive into a passage from the Bible. And so we need to introduce ourselves before we do that. And I am Scott Armstrong. And to my right, we have AJ Fry. Hey, guys. To his right, Emily Armstrong. Hey, everyone. And across from me, Natalie Franco. Hello. And then, last but never least, Chelsea Fry. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact, North Korea and Cuba are the only places on the planet you can't buy Coca-Cola. Wait, what? Really? Sponsored by (laughs) Coca-Cola. I'm just kidding. We have um, the U.S., where where Coca-Cola is based out of, has trade embargoes. I'm going to butcher that. that's right. And so they can't, I mean, like, to get it into those two countries would be almost near impossible. They say you can find them. Maybe on the black market. Black market. But they're going to cost like way more than a dollar a Coke. So good luck. How much would you pay for a Coke? Coke? I wouldn't pay more. I wouldn't pay more than a dollar for a Coke. Really? No, I don't like it that much. You've paid $5 for a Coke. What if you've never (laughs) had it before? What if you've never had it before and you've heard that it is like the best stuff on earth? How much would you pay if somebody had a can of Coke? Yeah. I think I'd go up to like twelve or thirteen dollars, really? but I wouldn't do more than that. If I've heard just for one much. taste, because yeah. of the popularity of it, and I've never had it before, right. I'd probably pay like twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just for a can of coke, just right. the way people talk about yeah, it. Oh, yeah, right. if you've never because it's had so it. popular. Right. Yeah. Now I'm gonna get on the black market and find out how much it's going. <laughs> Blackmarket.com. Is it that do, easy? By, really? by the way, listeners, do not go there. Do not go there. We do not know what that is. We we do not say. We are not that. affiliated with the blackmarket.com. <laughs> not the least. Coke or Pepsi? What do you like? Coke, definitely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. you can continue on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just isolated all of the Pepsi lovers. All, all the Pepsi lovers, we love you. <laughs> okay, the three of you out there, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. just that's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, something a little bit more important than Coke, Pepsi, or anything is uh, the verse that we are going to be talking about today. It is so well known. This verse is important. It's key in the whole mission of God. But I think it's a little bit misunderstood. We'll dive into that a little bit later. But I'm going to read it from the New International Version. And it's Acts 1.8. It says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Oh, I love this passage. So 
Emily, you had talked before when we had talked about this passage a while ago, just about putting yourself in the shoes of the apostles. What did you mean by that? Yeah, I like to, when I'm trying to understand a passage, think about like, if I were the one receiving this word from Jesus at this point in time, you know, like what were the disciples doing? What had just happened? And uh, so he's getting ready to leave them. And to me, I think one of the most um, attention grabbing points is when he says, you'll be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Like he's talking to this really small group of men right now, you know, and maybe some women are there, you know, but like it's a small group still. The Holy Spirit hasn't fallen. The church hasn't truly been born. And so all of a sudden he's like, so you're going to take this message all the way to the ends of the earth. And to me, I just think that there would be like a feeling of being overwhelmed of like, so how are we going to do this? Like, that's really great that you're telling us that, but you know, and I don't know that at this point they even knew that he was going to ascend into heaven, like immediately after he said that. But I just can imagine myself being like, hey, that sounds really cool. And I want to be a part of that. But like, there's no other direction given. So I think that's a piece of what I think what e- immediately when I put myself in the text is just that feeling of overwhelmedness of how, how are we going to do this? They'll definitely get your steps in for sure. Yes. <laughs> I, was thinking, I would I would immediately be thinking I should probably go buy some better shoes. Right. <laughs> Arch support. Or a horse. Or a horse. Or, oh, that's a good idea. That works, but also like then to also think about the fact that you're receiving this instruction and my immediate thing would be like, okay, I'm ready as long as I can watch how Jesus does it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves. Yeah. So that's my game plan, leaving. (laughs) (laughs) So leaving with him. You know what? You say that. That's interesting. But there are a lot of Christians that feel like really heaven is just escaping whatever is going on here. Like, and, and even like this is the worst thing that could happen, you know, just earth right now. But he's saying kind of the opposite. He's giving us a mission saying, oh, no, good things will, will happen here. For me, like... This is powerful to me because it's at a time when, like you said, Emily, like Jesus is about to leave. They don't know that, but he's he's literally about to leave them. And I feel like right after this, they they might have felt kind of alone, like left, left all by themselves. And like, OK, what do we do now? They must have had a million questions, I imagine. And Jesus is telling them. You know, the Holy Spirit's going to be with you, but now it's it's now it's your turn and it's not over yet. We're not done yet. You know, the Holy Spirit's going to come and we're going to keep doing what we've been doing and much greater things. Mm-hmm. And for me, it'd be like, OK, but where do we go? You know, what do we do in my my personal life? Like I felt I kind of felt this way um, after accepting um, my call to missions. Like, OK, now what do I do? I'm ready to do this. But now what? Where do I go? And I would have to say after being um, here, but even when we were in Florida, like feeling that the power of the Holy Spirit um, and him lead me. It's very reassuring thing to know that the Holy Spirit is here with me. I'm doing and will continue to do things that I that I never thought I would have been doing. Mm. God is has been working and is working in my life in ways that I never could have imagined. And and it's all because of the Holy Spirit. Like, it's all because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so for me, that's a huge testimony. Like, yeah, there was this time at the beginning when I said, okay, I'll do it. 
and I felt alone. But then after receiving the Holy Spirit, I felt, yeah, okay, we got this. We can do this, you know? But also taking into context, like, like before this, the disciples asked Jesus, okay, is this the time? Is this, are this, is this the moment that you're going to like restore everything? And I imagine they had something different in their mind than <laughs> what he actually did was, which was leave them. Um, but like, are you going to make things right now? Are, is this the time? And Jesus is like, well, I can't tell you, mm. but, uh, cause that's not none of your business really, <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry. The Holy Spirit's coming. Um, and he's going to be here to help you and he's going to, he's going to give you power and all you need to do is, is follow his lead mm. and go where he tells you. And so for me, that's, that's a very like personal and powerful moment. Awesome. Yes. I was actually thinking the same when I was reading this passage, I was reading this like this way. Um, the only way, uh, you will receive the power is through the Holy Spirit. If you don't. If you don't have the Holy Spirit with you, then you will not receive the power and then you will not be able to be a witness of God in Jerusalem and throughout Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. So it makes me wonder, then what do I have to do to have the Holy Spirit within me, inside of me? And it brings me to the book of Acts when actually in Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, Repent and let each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So it seems like uh, we have to be born again, like Emily said. So the key of everything is actually to have the Holy Spirit within us. And for us, for us, each one of us who, who already are born again, we already have the Holy Spirit within us. Mm -hmm. So we already have the power to go to Samaria and to the end of the world. So mm -hmm. it makes me think, okay, then what are we waiting for? Mm -hmm. We should go. We should do it because God is already within us mm -hmm. in his Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the condition of that power. It's even interesting The word power in the Greek that's used there is dunamis, which is from the same as dynamite, dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. Like you will receive power, not like a pat on the back, not like encouragement to go out. And I mean, I'm sure you, we do receive that too, but you will receive just dynamite. I mean, the Holy Spirit is within us. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave, you know, yeah. is going to be at work in us. And I love what you said, Natalie. So... That's all we need. So why aren't we doing it? Let's exactly. go. Ahead. So, what are we waiting what for? Are we waiting what are we waiting, are we waiting for? Yeah. Can you imagine if you walked into a city like center and threw a stick of dynamite on fire into the city? It's going to make this huge explosion and people are going to come out of their houses and be like, what just happened? Like, what is going on? So like in the same mindset, please don't go throw a stick of dynamite in your <laughs> yes. city. But like if we as re people who have received the Holy Spirit go into these different places of our life and and share the Holy Spirit or what the Holy Spirit has done in us, it's going to have that same effect. People are going to come out of their houses and say, like, what is happening? Mm. So I like That's the picture good. of the dynamite like just going off in the middle so, of the square. So you're <laughs> almost saying an explosion of testimonies, yeah, right? Like an yeah. explosion of people sharing from their own personal stories And there's no way a city or a world would ever be the same. No. So when I read this passage, I 
I don't focus so much on like the domino effect of like going to one and then finishing and going to the next and but rather like seeing the whole picture of just when when a big event happens in our world, people take notice. They yeah. write news articles about it. They talk about it constantly. They make videos on it. Mm. And so like the Holy Spirit is the biggest event that we could possibly think about. I mean, right after this Pentecost happened, right? So like, that's a big deal. What if Jesus was foreshadowing this event that was going to take place? And when he's talking about going, it's the this like, tidal wave effect of just like pushing them out and the story is traveling we're, we're going to talk about it we're going to write news stories about it so on and so forth so it's interesting scott you mentioned um the original greek the another word that i thought was interesting the word for witness in greek is martus which is where we get the word martyr hmm. like to die for something right and so it's interesting to me that we're not only called to be like witnesses as in testifying to what God has done is doing in our lives and all that we've seen and heard but we are also called to die for the good news if you know if it comes to that and I think that was that's very interesting I think a, a point that often gets overlooked like not just hey here's good news read all about it you know but like I believe in this so much that I'm willing to give up my life yeah. for this yeah I was listening to uh, another podcast and I listen to so many podcasts. I wish I could give credit to where I heard it, <laughs> but um, it was the host was saying something about sometimes we forget that the Bible is written to a persecuted people. Mm. And so when we read that, especially in a Western context and we're not necessarily the persecuted church, sometimes we have a hard time fitting in, you know, a biblical storyline into the things that we're doing in our real lives. Yeah. It's interesting to me, some of those words, when you really dig into them and being a witness to Christ, and that's what he called us to. I just digging, you know, figuring out some of the things when we, I knew we were going to do this passage, I started to look up some like statistics of world evangelization. Like, so have we reached the end of the world? You know, like Jesus said, 2000 years ago, go to the ends of the earth, you know? And I just started wondering, I've seen statistics that's a piece of kind of what we do in our missionary assignment a lot. But I found a 2019 statistic from a project called the Joshua Project, and their whole focus is just world evangelization. And they had four different categories, which was interesting to me, four categories. It's not just believers and non-believers anymore. <laughs> and so to me, wow. that even shows like going to the power and like, what are right. we doing? And am I willing to die for it? So they have um, Christ followers is the first category. Huh. The second category is nominal Christian adherence. So that's like the second. Uh, if you're not a Christ follower, you're at least nominal. Okay, so let, let's <laughs> define that very briefly. Okay. So that's in name only. Right. So I would say, yeah, I'm a Christian, you know, mm -hmm. but you're not following Christ. Yeah. So certain organizations would call the first group Great Commission Christians, and then the second group would be the nominal Christians. Yeah. And so the third group uh, they call the group that is heard but not responded. And then the fourth group is virtually no exposure. And so out of a little more than seven and a half billion people in the world, okay, that's the statistic that they're drawing from, 7.6 billion people, 10% would say they are Christ followers, that they are doing this 
passage, what we're talking about today, mm-hmm. Acts 1, 8, go and be my witnesses. Go and like, I am trying to do this disciple thing, 10% of the world, but then 22% are that nominal. Uh-huh. So they would maybe check a box of like, well, I like Christianity and sure. God's kind of nice and I believe Jesus, but like, are they really making Christ-like disciples? But then the percentage jumps to 39% have already heard the gospel message, but they've not responded to it. Wow. Mm-hmm. So like we're doing a good Ooh. job of getting the message out there because even yeah. those things together only leave 29% of the virtually no exposure. So to me, like when I, I know that's a lot of numbers for a podcast and when you can't see it, it's like, okay, I don't know what you just said. But it sounds like as a church, we're doing a quote unquote decent job of getting the story out there. But how many of us are committed to the witness, you know, to death, you know, and there's still 29% of the world that's had virtually no exposure, which means there is probably not a Bible in their language. There's probably not even one single Christian organization or church that's doing any act of compassion or, or anything like that. They've, They've not been exposed. That's a large percentage of the world that the church still needs to have a greater focus on, in my opinion, Mm. and be able to start saying we are reaching the ends of the world to have 30% almost that would still say virtually no exposure to me is a shameful fact as a part of the Christian church. And financially, the statistics still say that only 2% of all of our monies raised in the Christian church around the world go to those unreached groups, those Mm. groups of the 29% is what you're saying. Only 2% of our finances, Mm. right? So we like to see instant results. Uh, We like to maintain our buildings and programs more than say, who are those people that are really hard to to reach? And we're not always going to see even next month a result, next year a result. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we're not willing to sometimes invest in that way. Let's let's kind of talk about the ends of the earth and just this pa- last part. We've talked about um, you'll receive power. We've talked about the condition of that is the Holy Spirit. Wow, I love what you said, Natalie. We've talked about being a witness, a martyr. I mean, even if some of us will be called to give our lives at some point, you know, but others of us, I think all of us could say, well, we're responding to Jesus's call to take up our cross daily and follow him in in a sense we are martyrs you know but then there's this point i don't know if you all have heard i think this is the prevailing notion that you know pastors and others have said so first we will be in jerusalem then we will be in judea then we will be in samaria then the other uttermost parts of the earth right so first we all need to focus on jerusalem so the kind of the, the chronological view. And then when Jerusalem is is reached, then we'll get to the next and the next. And it's logical, right? I've even heard pastors that have said to missionary candidates, you know, well, you don't need to go over to another country. First work in your city. That's good. I, I want to stress that. That's good, mm-hmm. especially if the person has never done anything in their own city. But what's the problem with this interpretation? I I just think that's a little bit crazy to think about. Like it's never going to come to fruition. We will, we live in a very broken world. We are never going to fully evangelize Jerusalem. And so if we're waiting for everyone in Jerusalem to accept Christ as savior and begin to make Christ like disciples, we are never going to get to the ends of the earth. Mm -hmm. It's, 
not going to be possible. And so that has never made sense to me. I I actually, before we were talking about it for this podcast, I had not heard that there were people that thought it was a step-by-step process. Mm-hmm. I also think that that doesn't ring true to my own personal testimony. Um, I was not actively evangelizing my Jerusalem because I wasn't even a Christian. I went to college and, and found Christ and I never returned back to Jerusalem, right? So I moved forward. And I, I think this speaks a little bit about, we've talked before in, in this podcast that not everyone is called to be a cross-cultural missionary. And um, we've hit on that point a, a couple different times, which is controversial, but um, I think this proves it. It, it kind of speaks into that, that it's not everyone's job to be in Jerusalem and it's not everyone's job to be in the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. In the original language, the connotation is that as you are doing this in Jerusalem, you're also doing this in 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 Judea. You're also doing this in Samaria. So it's like one person can't do every part of that, but you're the we're the church. So as you're doing this in all of these places, like it's it's simultaneous. It's happening all at once. There's another issue that I have with this, and there's the geography because other people say. First Jerusalem, and they even say it's like the concentric circles. So I'm going to try to help our listeners to, to see this, but just a tiny circle that's your city. Okay, so that's Jerusalem. And then Judea is really like you could say your state or province or department or, you know, according to some of our countries here in Mesoamerica. And so there's a bigger circle around that city. And then Samaria, and there's a bigger circle around Judea, and then the uttermost parts of the earth, and there's this huge circle, which maybe could be the world. The problem is that Samaria is not (laughs) just bigger than Judea. Judea is not within Samaria. In fact, I know this isn't going to work for the listeners, but for our group, I have a wonderful... I have a wonderful uh, a map here uh, of He's, what he it, brought off the brought out the graphs. We yes. will we'll try to get this on Facebook or something for you guys. To look but at. we're also going to describe it. So here, Jerusalem is the city, of course. Judea is encompassing uh, Jerusalem. Yes, we're good there. Samaria is to the north. Remember, from Bible times, Samaria was the place that nobody wanted to go. It's mm-hmm. not including Judea. Right. It's not saying, okay, so first your city, then your state, then your country, then your... Samaria is like other. It's the people that were kind of right alongside you, but no one liked. (laughs) Boy, that is very different. But Jesus was even saying it was other because it was the other kingdom in the the ancient days. It was not Jerusalem and Judea. It was the other kingdom of the broken tribes. And so he was telling them, go to the people that are other. You know, yeah. not just the countries you don't know. Go to the people you do yeah. know that are still other. It's huh. like your high school rival. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Right. Yeah. But, but like, I think here we are in Dominican Republic. Like, that's the Haitians that are among us. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's not just going yeah. to Haiti, like another country. That's mm-hmm. like, literally, we have people here that are kind of not accepted as well. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But in the, in the United States, you know, who would that be? In Mexico, who would that be? There are people I could start saying everywhere mm-hmm. that's like, oh, I have to go to Samaria? I think that <laughs> was even more of a shock than the uttermost parts of the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think oh, that, yeah. that to the people that were hearing it was like, uh, seriously? I mean, Jesus, come on. Like yeah. the Jerusalem Judea we get, 
okay, some of us like to travel. We'd like to go to the uttermost parts of the of the earth. <laughs> but Samaria, we avoid Samaria and yeah. Samaritans at all cost. So that that's really important that we know the geography because he's saying something I think deeper than what we typically hear from our pulpits. Natalie, what are some of your thoughts? I see you kind of looking at Scott in the map and I can tell you're thinking about some things. What are you thinking about? <laughs> okay. <yeah. laughs> so um, obviously I've seen a map before, but um, when I'm thinking about this map, I see each country is pretty much one next to the other. So it makes me think, um, for example, me, I'm working right now in Dominican Republic and I'm trying to reach my people now. But also I have to think about my neighbors and the people that are close to me, I can reach also. So right now we are in the capital, Santo Domingo. We, we also have Bonao, we have La Vega, we have so many parts of the country. We also, I think we have to reach out. Um, and I think maybe um, Jerusalem is Santo Domingo right now, but then Samaria is maybe La Vega or like it is not only something like countries, but also mm. inside of one same country, we can reach out different yeah. places. That's mm -hmm. good. Mm. Mm -hmm. that's and I think that's where the power of the Holy Spirit comes in. Like you can literally read a passage like this and say, I cannot physically be in four different geographical <laughs> places at the same time. However, the divine nature of the church can be in four mm -hmm. places at the same time. Mm -hmm. So while we're here in Santo Domingo, the church is also in Santiago and the church is also in Haiti, which is on the other side of the island. And the church is also in the region of Mesoamerica. And so it's like you see this commission being fulfilled every single day when the church is truly filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and mm -hmm. doing what the church needs to be doing. Amen. I think a good way to end is kind of how this passage ends after verse eight. I love it. After he says this, Jesus ascends. We know that this is the ascension. And then everyone's looking up into the sky. Full disclosure, I would be doing that as well. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'd be like, what just happened? Like what? he was just there. He, I think he went behind the clouds. Is he is he coming back? What's going on? And then two people, two guys appear. The idea is they're dressed in white. The idea is that they're angels. And they basically just say, these are, this is Scott version, right? But they basically just are like, why are you looking into the sky? Like, <laughs> that's not the purpose. And to go back to what you said earlier, Natalie, I mean, it's time. It's time. We have to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, how did you say it earlier? It's time to go. It's time to go. What are we waiting for? Yeah. 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 That's what it was. What are you waiting for? And it's like, don't be looking up into the sky. And I think how many of us as Christians metaphorically, are basically just kind of looking up. And, and sometimes we'll praise, literally we'll raise our hands, we'll sing. We just are, we love worshiping God. Man, spending time with God is awesome. And I wonder if we need some angels to come and kind of elbow us and be like, okay, there's a time to look up, but now's a time to go. Now's a time. The Holy Spirit himself is in you. Now go. And that is the promise that we have here in Acts 1. So, Emily, I mean, this is awesome. I want to hear what other people have to say. Where can they get a hold of us if they want to kind of tell us what they're thinking about this passage? You can connect with us on our website, which is mesoamericagenesis.org. You can also find us on Facebook at The Worthless Servants Podcast. Awesome. We want to hear from you. This is great. We are The Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm AJ Fry. 
I'm Emily Armstrong. I'm Natalie Franco. And I'm Chelsea Cry. And we will talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoAmericaGenesis.org.